Welcome to Chowder and Grits. Today is Sunday, January 6th, and it is National Championship Preview Day. Tim, what's going on? Oh, you know, um, it's like an infirmary in the house right now. I was just telling you. Uh, the baby's sick, so everybody in the house is on, uh, you know, on our P's and Q's when it comes to disinfecting and everything. And it appears that I'm coming down with a virus. So, um, you know, we're going to fight through it. That's what podcasters do. Yeah, no, uh, similar thing here. But it's uh, it's actually been somewhat of a nice weekend here in Chicago. It was a balmy 50 degrees yesterday, Ooh. which in January, that is unheard of. Yeah, so, that's something, man. That is a nice yeah, day. I'll, Even here, that's a nice day. I'll take it. But uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, a lot going on in college football. Uh, we've got the national championship coming up, and that is really what we're just going to jump right on into today. Big focus is Alabama and Clemson. I did a little little recap of some of the previous meetings that went on. And it kind of refreshed my memory a little bit because obviously things get a little fuzzy, especially when these teams have played in three high profile games in the last four years. So just kind of setting the stage a little bit. Alabama is in their fourth national championship game in four years. Saban has five national titles with Alabama and he is going for his sixth, which would tie Bear Bryant at the school, but it would give Saban the all-time lead in national championship wins because he has that one at LSU. So he would be a seven-time national champion head coach, which is insane. Um, and this is uh, this is actually the first matchup between these two schools where Clemson has the top-rated defense. Wow. So I think that'll be something to watch. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, kind of jumping back into it. So if we do a recap of the 2016 game, so the 2015 season, this was the first national championship meeting. You know, Alabama had the second ranked defense. Clemson had the 24th. And it was really the Deshaun Watson show for for Clemson. I mean, he really kept them alive. 405 yards passing, four touchdowns. Um, Bama pretty much locked the game up and Clemson got a late score to, to make it a little bit closer than, um, than what the box score shows. So 45 40 was the final in that one. The thing that really stood out to me was just the sheer amount of big plays that Alabama was getting on offense. So I don't know if you can recall that game so much, but, you know, Jacob Coker was the, uh, quarterback for Alabama. Right. And I mean, just, they they kind of had a field day on that Clemson defense. Yeah, no, I can recall that game. It's funny you're bringing up Jacob Coker's name. Um, it was only two years ago, and I, I, you know, if you had asked me before the show who was it, Alabama starting quarterback in that national championship game, I would have drawn a complete bank. Was he? A, he was a transfer, wasn't he? I think he was. I think he was. Okay. Well, yeah. So that was um, that was 2016, 2017. We had. Um, the rematch. And again, Deshaun Watson show second year in a row. He had over 420 yards passing three right. touchdowns. Um, he led Clemson back, uh, down 27 17 in the fourth quarter. And, uh, again, Bama had the top rated defense in the country. Clemson was the 10th. There was a lot of big plays in this game. I don't know if we're going to see anything like that again this year. I mean, just it, it felt like. 
the running game was really kind of what drove Bama in the previous two meetings where yes. they just got some big plays. And then, you know, you'd have guys like Calvin Ridley or OJ Howard. OJ Howard had that huge game where he had like 200 receiving yards and two touchdowns, maybe even three. I can't recall, but it was, uh, that's going to be something to watch. Alabama also had a lot of big team or uh, plays on special teams. I have a feeling where this game this year is going to be a mix of what we saw last year, right. where the top two defenses in the country were going up against each other. And it was pretty even if you look at the box score as far as team stats. Uh, time of possession was fairly even across the board. No team had a ton of success on the ground or through the air. It was all about defense. Bama was just able to get a couple of touchdowns, whereas Clemson didn't get a single touchdown. And then Alabama also had an interception return for a touchdown. So uh, Clemson was unable to get the rushing game going in that game. Kelly Bryant had 19 carries for 19 yards. And uh, Travis Etienne only had four total carries in that game for 22 yards. So um, 24 to 6 was the final there. Alabama obviously went on to win in the national championship. But that is just a little refresher of the last three years when these teams have met. Um, but like I said, this is the first year where Clemson has the superior defense. And uh, I think that is going to be one of the primary keys to this game, specifically Clemson's secondary. So I don't know where you stand on that. Yeah, I think, um, you know, the key is definitely going to be, I think, two things. And, and on the defense in Clemson, it's going to be interesting to see how they hold up. Um, but you're going to have a good quarterback throwing the ball with Tua. Um, but those two weapons he has and Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs are just so dangerous. And, um, you know, they're going to be the toughest wide receiver combo. I think uh, Clemson has played, especially from an athlete standpoint all year. So Clemson's secondary, I think they're not the greatest. Um, obviously, the strength of that defense starts up front. So it's going to be super important for that defense and Christian Wilkins to really, really pressure the quarterback and, and make it not easy for Tua. Um, and Clemson secondary is going to have to step up and stop those two from getting open and catching the ball. Um, we'll see how it goes. I, you know, I, I'm looking forward to that matchup. I think those are the two keys though for me on Clemson is, and they're both on defense is how does the line get pressure on Tua? And the line's going to be responsible for bottling up the run. And then the secondary, if that line isn't able to get pressure, they're going to need to step up in a big way. Yeah, no, I'm kind of on the same page. So I, you know, something that's really stood out with Alabama is they've had guys that haven't necessarily been on the radar as far as being keys to the game before the national championship starts. So like I said, OJ Howard had a huge game. Nobody really saw that coming out of him. With Jerry Judy, everybody knows who that is. You know, the secondary is going to be focused on him. He's the Bolitnikoff award winner. Henry Ruggs is averaging 16 yards a catch. Devontae Smith was the guy in last year's national championship game that really stood out. And he just came back last week from kind of like a, I don't know if he was banged up or anything, but he'd been kind of missing in that Alabama offense. And uh, two other guys that you need to watch from their receiving core, Jalen Waddle. He is mm -hmm. a super quick freshman um, who's definitely got big play potential. And then their tight end, Irv Smith Jr. He's somebody else that could also give this... Uh, give this Clemson secondary problems. So to me, Clemson's secondary is 
basically going to perform about as well as the Clemson defensive line allows Tua to have time in the pocket. Because if if they pressure him and they force him to make bad decisions, I think the secondary is is going to have an easier time of it. But there's just so many weapons that they have to control. I think there's probably going to be a big play or two in this game that you know might uh, might be the difference. Right. There's just so many weapons. I mean, you mentioned um, Smith and, and Waddle. Waddle, who's just incredibly fast. Um, and then, you know, then they got a, a weapon in Irv Smith Jr., a tight end, who's just fantastic. Um, it, it's it's going to be tough for Clemson. And, you know, it's a shame when you look at some of the losses they've had up front on that defensive line. Of all the question marks in this game, Clemson secondary is my biggest question mark. Um Definitely doesn't paint how I feel about the the game as a whole, but if if this game gets out of control, um, I really only see it getting out of control in one direction. I think that's in Alabama's favor, and it's going to be because of that secondary if it does. Yeah, I think the other thing to watch out for Alabama is, you know, Tua had the really poor performance against Georgia, okay? And Georgia's got a fairly top-rated defense. It's not Clemson's defense, and... uh I wonder if Alabama is going to come out and try to pound the ball up the middle and try to make this defensive line work a little bit, maybe get them a little bit on their heels. I mean, they've got a three-headed monster with Josh Jacobs, Damian Harris, and Najee Harris. Mm -hmm. All those guys can hurt you. I think that might, I think they might try to slow the game down a little bit and not have the air raid that they typically have with Tua just based off of how he performed in the SEC championship. Because a lot of people like to say, well, you know, Tua was banged up in that game. Yeah, he was banged up in that game, but he had the same injury in that game as he did in all the others. And right. then he didn't leave the game until his offensive lineman fell on his ankle. So that that to me is going to be big. Uh, the battle in the trenches, cliche to say, but it, it, really, uh, it really is going to be the difference maker in this game. And then yeah. Clemson will be without Dexter Lawrence once again. Uh, still suspended for the drug suspension. I don't know if we want to call it drugs or <laughs> steroids or whatever it was, but um, that to me won't affect Clemson so much just because they have so many athletes on that yeah. line. But um, yeah. I don't know what you think. Do you think uh, Bama's got a shot at running the running the football here? Well, they do. Um, you know, and part of it's going to be because they have such a good passing offense that you're going to have to respect the pass you won't be able to load the box against Tua. And I think that's going to lead to obviously room for those running backs who are great um, physical runners. And it'll be interesting to see what happens. And and you were just talking about Dexter Lawrence. Um, you know, he is a fairly big miss because he's a, a generally a generational type talent in the middle of that line. He's great. Uh, but just a shout out to Albert Huggins who filled in for him against Notre Dame and was absolutely fantastic. So um you know, it, it'll be interesting to see because Brett Venables is coming off such a dominant win against Notre Dame. Um, you know, they, they weren't tested defensively hardly at all. And now they're going to go into a game where they're certainly going to be tested uh, defensively. They're, both of these teams are going to be stretched to their limit in all facets of this game. And we'll see how they answer. Um, you know, and Huggins has to step right back up because Dexter's not coming back. Um, and will have to play, you know, extremely well, not only stopping the run, but hopefully pressuring the quarterback because that, like I said, and I keep harping on it, that's the key. If if they don't get pressure on Tua, I don't see them winning the game. I think it's that simple. Um, 
Yeah, but but we'll see. I, I'm making it sound a little one-sided right now, but I, I certainly feel good about Clemson too in the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, I think Clemson, like I said, you've got Christian Wilkins, Clellan Farrell, Huggins filling in. You've got uh, first round, every every guy on that defensive line is probably going to the first round. For sure. So they are going to put pressure on on Tua, on Alabama. It's really up to Tua and how, how he performs. The other quarterback, Trevor Lawrence in this game, he is somebody I'm uh, very interested to see how he handles the moment. I don't think it's too big for him. He's proven that he's a very even-keeled personality. Yeah, He doesn't let anything seem to kind of get to him. Um, the one difference here between this Clemson team and the Clemson teams that have faced Alabama is Lawrence is a pocket first quarterback. Sure. Okay. So he can move out of the pocket. It's not like he's completely immobile, but that's not what he likes to do. So if this Bama defensive line led by Keenan Williams, who's got eight sacks this mm-hmm. year, uh, can really start pressuring Lawrence and more specifically if they take away the run and make Clemson one dimensional I think that's where Clemson is going to get into the most trouble but I do think Clemson is going to come out and try to pound the run as much as possible Uh, ETN is a big play threat they haven't run the ball well against Alabama historically I think they will in this game just because ETN has had such a big year and they also have some uh, some home run hitters behind him as well so you know, you talk about the three-headed monster for Alabama. Clemson's backfield is just as good. Oh, but yeah. There hasn't been a standout like ETN on the Alabama side. No, and ETN is by far, to me, the most dynamic playmaker in this entire game, even with um, definitely running the ball. But even when you consider uh, the talent on, on Alabama's wide receiving core, I still think um, Etienne is just, he is such a unique weapon. He's so explosive and um, it'll be interesting to see if he can find ways to be effective against this Alabama defense, which, you know, hasn't happened in the past. So that'll be a big thing to watch. Um, and, you know, also working for Clemson, they have the fourth year super senior and fourth year redshirt super senior and Hunter Renfro, who, uh, has been a thorn in Alabama's side and one of the most effective, uh, players against Alabama in the prior matchups. And we'll see what he can do, um, against this defense. I know last year he went up against Mika Fitzpatrick, who is one of Alabama's all-time best defensive backs, uh, currently a Miami Dolphin. And uh, he was able to find a lot of space against him. So uh, we'll see what he does. You, you know, the weapons are endless on Clemson's side too. And if we were just comparing two offenses here, it, I'd be hard-pressed to put one over the other. Um, they're two of the best offenses in college football, both loaded with stars. And that's really why I'm so excited to watch this game. I think it's going to be, um, you know, a battle for the ages and I, I, it is going to be really close. But you mentioned Lawrence. Lawrence can run. I mean, he's got, he's, I'm not going to say he's fleet of foot. He's obviously not Deshaun Watson. Um, but he can run. It'll be interesting to see what he's able to do when he's pressured. Um, you know, I, I don't have the stat in front of me, but I was looking at it after the Notre Dame game. And he was fantastic in the Notre Dame game. But when Notre Dame got pressure, he was, uh, I don't want to exaggerate here, but he was pretty awful. Something like one for five uh, for maybe eight yards, something like that. So Alabama's key on their defensive side of the ball, much like Clemson's, is going to be to get to that quarterback. Um, and this whole championship is going to boil down to that. Yeah, so you mentioned Renfro. So he went against Mika Fitzpatrick the last three years. Oh, three years, up- okay 
put up 22 catches for over 220 yards and four touchdowns. Whew, I didn't realize it was that effective. Good yeah, gracious. I mean, crazy. So in the previous two national championship games, he's got two touchdowns in each of those games. And last year, he was held relatively in check, but pretty much everybody was. He had yeah. five catches for... 31 yards in that game he uh he'll definitely be the x factor i think uh i think justin ross has to have a very good game Mm -hmm. yeah he's a guy who who really came to life for clemson in the cotton bowl had his best game of the year how he performs is really gonna help renfro kind of do what he does so um renfro finally in his last game at clemson (laughs) soon to be on the uh patriots because there's no (laughs) way bill belichick is letting him no. Go anywhere else. Bill Belichick identified him three years ago and slapped a poster on his wall and has circled it every night since then. That is yeah. a Patriot through and through, man. Yeah, he actually wears a Hunter Renfro jersey to bed. <laughs> he absolutely does. So, oh, yeah. So what is your uh, what's your prediction? You know, I feel like we've talked about this enough. Like I, I'm, re- I'm really struggling with who's going to win this game. I mean, either team's got the chance. It it really just depends on turnovers, consistency of play, and, you know, I think both defenses are going to play good. I think both offenses have the chance to play really good. Um, I don't yeah. know. What do you it's, think? It's tough. I keep going. Usually, after this amount of time to reflect on a game, I will feel confident in picking a winner. I'm not sure I'm there yet. You've got two coaches whose teams always seem to come out prepared for big games. You've got two teams who have been there. They've done that. They've won the national championship. Um, it's tough to say one is going to come out and win this football game, knowing everything we know about how good these offenses are, how solid these defenses are. Um, but I keep going back to Clemson when I'm making these selections, and there is something about their ability on the ground with Etienne and I really, really think this is going to be the year that he figures out how to run against Alabama. And I think the defense is going to do enough to win the football game. I say enough because both of these offenses are going to get theirs. I, I don't think this is going to be a low-scoring game. Um, I expect something like uh, maybe 35-28, something along those lines, give or take a couple field goals on each side. Um, and it's going to be an awesome game to watch as close to a toss up as you could possibly be in any game that I've picked this year, but I'm going to go with Clemson. Yeah. You know, for me, I really can't get the sec championship game out of my head because you've got a team in Georgia who is the 12th rated uh, team in the country as far as passing yards allowed. So 180 per game. Clemson is allowing 182 per game. They get after the quarterback better than Georgia does. They have the superior defense, even though everybody wants to talk about their their secondary. I think we're we're really just trying to find a flaw in the Clemson. If if you put their secondary on any other team in the country, it's a pretty great secondary. Oh yeah. Um, the passing offense is obviously what Alabama lives and dies with this year. Yeah, I feel like. They're not going to be moving on all cylinders like like they do in the past. The SEC only had one defense this year in the top 10. That was Mississippi State. Wow. They played yeah, that- a fairly, I mean, they play an okay schedule because of their conference. Out of conference, they play fairly weak. 
Tua, when the moment was big in the SEC championship, he was worse than flat. Right. Um, that being said, I like Tua. I think he's going to have a decent game. I don't think we're going to see a repeat of the SEC championship. I just think that Trevor Lawrence has the most dynamic player in this game on his side of the field. And right. That's Travis Etienne. Yep. So if he can get him going either on the ground or through the air, or you know, he just needs to get the ball into his hands. I think that's really going to open up the offensive game for the Clemson Tigers. Going back historically, Clemson has been the more methodical team on offense. You know, they're the team that has really put together long extended drives against Alabama and scored touchdowns. Alabama has been a team that has lived and died with the big play. So in their previous matchups against Clemson's, they've either gotten a big play from somebody on offense uh, that's gone for like 65 yards for a touchdown, uh, kickoff return for a touchdown, interception return for a touchdown. If Clemson can really limit those big plays, I really like their chance to win. I think it's going to be super close. I think it's going to be somewhat high scoring. I think right. these two teams are just too talented not to score points. Uh, I think the game is probably somewhere in the 38-35 range, but I am also going with uh, with Clemson to get their second national title in three years. Yeah, I mean, I, I like that reasoning. You sound just like me in that line of thinking, but anyone expecting a low-scoring game, I don't think they're going to get it. Um, and that's interesting, the point you bring up about the SEC defenses. Uh, for a conference that does hang their hat on you know, the quality of the defensive play, and the defensive side of the football, um, this will be the best defense Alabama's faced all year. And I'm not sure how much of a ringer the SEC was this year in regards to uh, the defensive play. So we will see. I'm, you know, I'm telling you, if whichever quarterback is on his back less, that team will win the game. Um, that that just, I still keep going back to that offensive line play is just going to be completely key uh, for teams hoping to come out on top in this one. Yeah, it's going to be a lot about running the football, too. And mm -hmm. Clemson has been giving up 2.4 yards per carry this year. Ooh, there are only two teams that have allowed fewer than that in the past decade. So <laughs> if we think that Alabama is going to be able to come in and outman Clemson and push them around, it's just not going to happen. Okay, right. This is the most talented Clemson team that has ever been at Clemson that Alabama has ever seen. There is no doubt about that. Um, neither one of these teams is inexperienced. The only inexperienced guy is really Trevor Lawrence and he's right. in a pretty big situation, but there hasn't been a moment too big for him so far. No, hasn't looked uh, so, rattled yet, man. It's been the most impressive thing about him to be honest uh, for a, a guy coming in as a freshman to be as calm and as collected as he's been this year in big spots has been impressive. Now, none will be bigger than tomorrow night, um, but it hasn't happened yet. And, you know, there's no um, there's been no chinks in the armor quite yet. So we'll see what we get. But, um, you know, he's another guy who's just uh, he's been fantastic so far. So it, it's hard to see him not continuing to play well. Yeah, it's going to be a fun game to watch. And, it, you know, the game is going to be on ESPN. So I don't know if you recall, but ESPN likes to offer a variety of ways to view the game. <laughs> this right. year, they have 15 different ways you can either watch or listen to the game. 
So everything ranging from a blimp cast, <laughs> which I don't know why anybody would want to watch <laughs> the game that way. Uh, a tech cast where there will be three or 12 different split screens on your screen watching the game from all different what? angles. Or another one that I found interesting, there is a sounds of the game where there will be no commentators. So it's hmm. more like you're in the game, you're there yourself, and you're hearing right. all the noises around the stadium, the PA announcer, you know, whatever. I don't think there's any commercials either. So that's uh, that's interesting. They've done all this stuff before. You usually have got your one channel where, you know, Bill Walton is hammered drunk or high, either one of, one or the other, and he's, you know, making a lot of uh, people uncomfortable with some of his comments. Um, you'll have the SEC network sitting around talking and goofing off. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know how you plan to watch it. I plan to watch it the old fashioned way. Right. I mean, I, I do too. Um, and one thing that I did see with all of these different casts and ways to watch the, the, the game, if I'm not mistaken, they got rid of the best way to watch a game, which was the coach's room. Um, I believe that's what they called it. Something similar to that, where they had five or six uh, head football coaches in the room at the same time discussing the game and giving their insight. And to me, that was the best thing that ESPN had done in a long time. And why they got rid of it, I have no idea. But it's a shame to see it go. RIP coaches room. I will watch it the same way I've watched every football game. And that's with a standard broadcast. So I think they're doing something similar to that this year, but with the uh, Monday night football crew. <sighs> So yeah, that doesn't do it for me. No, no, it yeah. doesn't. But uh, that, that's a shame. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I, I will watch it the same way you do. And that's on the uh, on the regular broadcast. No blimp cast for me. Um, and so there is also, you know, a number of bets you can make um, leading up to these games. Uh, a lot of prop bets out there. So uh, let's go ahead and read some of these off and see see where you stand. Um, First one that I think everybody is extremely excited for. Who will Donald Trump pick to win the NCAA championship? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's an easy one. Trump's going with Alabama. <laughs> yeah. Alabama's, uh, they're minus 150 on the money, money line. So, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's something to watch there for, for all of you Donald Trump national championship watchers. <laughs> uh, moving on to the actual game itself. So the game opened as a, as a, Alabama as a six and a half point favorite. Um, it's down to five and a half. <laughs> and uh, it seems like the money is starting to, to come more towards Clemson's favor. So we'll see what happens by, uh, by kickoff tomorrow. But right now Clemson is a five and a half point underdog. The over under is fifty nine. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I I think that line is too heavy against Clemson. Um, I obviously, from what I've said, I see a much tighter game than that line would indicate. Um, and obviously, it's moving in the right direction and trending in the right direction. But that over under is pretty good. Vegas did a good job on that one. I would probably take the under. But not, you know, I'm not feeling super strong on that. Okay, so you're taking the under. So I, I'm going to take the over. 
basically the over under for Clemson right now sits at 26 and a half. Okay. So if you're betting the over, the money line would be minus 130. Um, I think they're going over. Like I said, I, I'm taking Clemson to win. Uh, the total points for Alabama over and under is at 31 and a half. So I think that's kind of like right in the ballpark of where I expect Alabama to be. Maybe a few more points scored, but um, yeah, I, I like the over under just to watch that. It's uh, the Alabama Oklahoma game hit the under. The over was at eighty one. The un- the under hit at seventy nine. So that was uh, that was super wow. close. Yeah, that was real good. Real good work from Vegas on that one. Uh, you can also bet on the to- or on the uh, coin toss if you're a real gambler. Uh, a <laughs> if minus, you've got a real problem. A minus one hundred five money line. So basically, in order to win one hundred five dollars, you'd have to bet a hundred dollars. Right. So I mean, I, I hope you got some money laying around if you're if you're betting on that one. You know, maybe if you're betting on the coin toss in the national championship game, reevaluate your life. It help. <laughs> yeah. That's all I've got for you there. I mean, if 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 that's what's if that's what's getting your rocks off and that's what you're into, just take a step back. You're in a tight spot right now, and uh, you know we're here to help. Chowder and grits, man. That's uh, that's what we do. Yeah. Uh, margin of victory. So Clemson by forty three points is at plus ten thousand. How do you feel about that one? <laughs> it might as well be. I mean, that, I can tell you one thing that's not going to happen. Neither of these teams are winning by that much, by that many points. So, um, hey, but if you've got a hundred dollars burning a hole in your pocket and you want a potential big payout, maybe that's your, uh, maybe that's your deal. Typically, when I have a hundred bucks in my pocket, I, uh, I want to put it on Clemson by plus 43 at plus 10,000. <laughs> right. Absolutely. I mean, you want the action that's going to pay off the most, right? But betting's boring unless you're, you know, going in the in the favor of, of lopsided odds and hoping for a large payout. Um, but you, you don't have to lie on the podcast, Justin. I know when you have $100 in your pocket, you're placing bets on the coin toss of the national championship game. Obviously. <laughs> uh, so let's see. Here's some quarterback props. Tua at 297.5. What do you think? Over or under? Oh, man. I think they're going to throw more than they usually do, given the fact that Clemson is stingy on the run and that maybe, you know, suspect isn't the right word. They're talented in the secondary. But if if you're going to say one unit's weaker than the other, obviously the secondary is. I think they'll throw more. Give me the over. Okay. Okay. Uh, Trevor Lawrence at 259.5. Definitely the over. I'm going the Definitely. I'm going the under on that. I'm I'm feeling some some big plays through the air for him. I think he'll probably end up around 280, um, and Tua maybe 310. But you know I, that that's not saying that Clemson obviously won't have success. I think Etienne is going to obviously uh, change the game for them on offense. So um, yeah, I'll t- I'll take the over slightly. So here's here's one that you know if I was feeling a little bit risque, I might put some money on this one. So first touchdown score, Hunter Renfro is at plus 2,000 right now. Oh, man. Oh, man. That's tempting. That one, that one is tempting just because of all of his success uh, with the uh, national championship game in the past. 
Uh, Travis Etienne is the favorite there at plus 650. Actually, it's Damian Harris at plus 600, and then Etienne's at plus 650. So okay. if uh, if that's more of your speed, you could uh, you could probably win some money there if uh, you if you have it after your coin toss bet. <laughs> and the, oh, uh, man. let's make this the last one. Longest touchdown okay. yardage in the game. So biggest play. 56 and a half. Is the line right now over or under? Over, easy. Over. Etienne's got a boomer in him. He's going for seventy on one of his carries. Calling it now. Yeah, I think I think both teams have at least one play of forty plus yards. Um, I don't know if you know each team gets a play of over fifty six, but yeah, I think there's going to be some big plays in this game. So yeah, well, I mean, with these kind of weapons, no matter how good the defenses are one's bound to pop um that 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 seems like an easy one there Uh, but then again we're gonna go back on the show we're gonna revisit these and i'm going to have egg all over my face i can guarantee you oh yeah for sure um college football is just much harder to predict for me than say like the nfl oh yeah but you know that's why i like it so much better right the nfl you kind of really have a good grasp of what's going to happen going into those games before they play them to the point where they can get a little stagnant and boring. Uh, college football doesn't have that problem. No, it doesn't. So, Tim, any uh, any final thoughts on the game? No, no final thoughts, really. I'm excited for it. Um, you know, I the Bama-Clemson fatigue has not hit me like I maybe expected it would for this game. I am fired up for uh, the finale of college football. Sad that it's going to go. Um but really, it's weird seeing Hunter Renfro playing his last game. That's going to be strange, considering I thought his last game was every year for the past seven years. So uh, big props to him. And uh, yeah, go ACC, man. Yeah, exactly. Go ACC. Uh, I would love to see Dabo get number two. Um, you know, I think something to watch is if Saban does end up winning this game, does he leave for the NFL? Ooh. You know, there's a lot of openings right now. There's a, there's a lot of movement happening in the NFL. There's a couple of openings that I think would interest him. Specifically one with a uh, pretty good quarterback. I know a little about the Green Bay Packers. Ooh. Interesting. If he wins this game, he will be... The best coach in college football history, even though he probably right. already is. But he'll have hey, he definitely seven to me, he national is. titles. Okay. What else is there to prove? You It'll be your sixth at Alabama since 2009. Okay. I mean, just an insane run that he's been on. His NFL record is 15 and 17 with the Miami Dolphins. He never had the quarterback. He goes to a team like Green Bay, and he would go to a high-profile team that would just need a oh, few no uh, just need a few tweaks here and there. I think Green Bay is an no interesting doubt. place for him. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if uh, what the noise is after the game. Um, you just you never know with Saban. You know, West Virginia, the governor of the state, reached out to him. Uh, about the West Virginia <laughs> job, and uh, awesome. so obviously he turned that down. But 
Surprise. Apparently they're like buddies. So he's like, yeah. you know, he's from West Virginia, but um West Virginia ended up hiring Neil Brown, but yeah, just something to something to Great watch. Hire. It's always side note. Great hire for them. Neil Brown's awesome at Troy. Yeah, for sure. The Troy the Troy job is interesting. I mean, Troy has been a pretty good team over the last couple of years. Yeah. I mean, they've knocked off knocked off LSU a couple of times. So mm-hmm. Yeah. Some good talented players coming out of there and um, you know, West Virginia got a good one in him. Interesting that you say that about Nick, right? Nick strikes me as the kind of a guy that has an ego. Um, highly successful, not a whole lot to prove at the co- collegiate level for him anymore. That pro football thing has to stick in his craw a little bit. You've got to imagine sitting at a 15 and 17 record in the NFL. I wager he probably wants to rectify that. Yeah, I mean, here's here's the thing. He's 68 years old. He has nothing left to prove. Nothing. If he goes to the NFL, and it's been done before, just look at Pete Carroll. You can't tell me he can't have the success that Pete Carroll had. No, he, absolutely not. He is built for the NFL, in my opinion. He's just been in college. And the Miami situation didn't work out, but I think that had to do more with the organization. Um it's very well known that he wanted Drew Brees and they said, no, his shoulder, uh, doesn't, doesn't look good. We don't think it's going to hold up. They were obviously wrong. They signed Dante Culpepper instead. So had they signed Drew Brees, I think things might have been a little bit different. Maybe he's not even at Alabama. Maybe Alabama is still in the gutter. Who knows? Right. But yeah, I think if the opportunity is there and he wants it, this is the year it happens. Win or lose. Um, I don't think a loss in the national championship would change his mind that much, but maybe a win just makes him more likely to do it. So something to look out for. Somebody else uh, that we talked about last week, Cliff Kingsbury, He uh, it came out that USC was blocking the interviews with the Cardinals and the Jets with the NFL head coaching job. Interesting. And apparently he is unhappy with that and may quit. Wow. Okay. So going back to the Cliff Kingsbury, Lane Kiffin comparison, um, getting more interesting by the day. But it sounds like uh, Lynn Swan, who's the AD at uh, USC, is getting some pressure to let him interview. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, yeah, the Cliff Kingsbury situation is uh, is definitely getting interesting. So keep uh, keep your eye on that. Yeah, we will. And yeah, I'm, I'm not so sure about blocking him from interviewing with uh, pro football teams for a head coaching position. That seems uh, that seems a little petty for me. And I'm sure uh, the administration at UNC, USC will backpedal and weaken that stance a little bit. For sure. Uh, anything else before we wrap up? Not from me. Not from me, except that I'm very sad that the college football season is coming to a close. This in all of my, you know, not a huge amount of time on this planet, but 31 years, this is by far the quickest college football season that I can remember. Um, so May 2019, uh, not dawdled too long during college or, you know, college baseball season, baseball season, and hopefully we'll be back in, in September before we know it. Yeah, it seems like uh, the 2019 season kicks off a little bit early this year. I think the first game is uh, August 22nd. So okay, we don't have to yeah. wait as long, but yeah, it's always it's always sad. At least we've got 
the NFL playoffs right now that are ongoing. But right. that uh that Monday after the Super Bowl in February is always a dark time for me. Yeah. So. It is, man. It's sad. It's sad. But uh, you know, we'll have a lot to talk about during the offseason. The news doesn't stop just because the games do. Uh we'll be right back here on Chowder and Grits talking about the ongoings of college football. Um, and maybe work in some college basketball as well, because uh, the ACC play is getting, uh, you know, right into the swing of things here in the in the beginning of conference play, and and teams are uh, looking exciting. I don't know if you saw Zion Williamson's tenth uh, entry in most amazing dunk of the year, but uh, yeah, he had a nice three sixty one handed slam yesterday that I thought was fantastic. Yeah, he is a dunk machine. Thirty dunks this year for him. Twenty nine against Duke. So. That is uh that is pretty impressive. You've got four teams in the ACC in the top ten right now. Yep. Uh, Florida yep. State just lost to Virginia, so they'll probably drop out. But uh, a riser and a team that you're not typically used to seeing there, Virginia Tech. Uh, they are probably going to jump up to about seven. Kansas went down to Iowa State. Nevada lost big to New Mexico, and Florida State lost. Mm-hmm. So. All those teams were in front of them. Uh, Virginia Tech is looking better by the day. They've got Wrong. Georgia Tech next week. And after that, there is a huge matchup in the Commonwealth. Virginia Tech, UVA. Oh, yes. I cannot, God, I cannot wait for, for that, that game. That is, I can't wait. Well, look, look at the two styles. You got the Tony Bennett school of playing just unattractive, dirty up basketball, fouling on the defensive end and never getting called for it. Versus the beautiful free-flowing offense from Virginia Tech, raining three-pointers. It's going to be an awesome matchup to see who wins that game. And there will be, uh, that will be a fired-up atmosphere, I can tell you that. Yeah, the, uh, the level of basketball play in the ACC right now is making the absence of college football feel a lot less bad. Um, oh, yeah. March is going to be great. Oh, yeah. um, you know, I even yeah. took a gander at hotels in minneapolis yesterday <laughs> good um, i tell you what a final four trip wouldn't be a bad thing no unfortunately it's all non-refundable so i wasn't feeling and yet, that confident yet but in the world of college basketball that's uh that's a tough call to make yeah um but it's gonna be great and like you said the real pain of this offseason won't set in until about april because we are going to be taken care of uh from here until uh, end of March, beginning of April with an amazing, which should be an amazing ACC basketball season, rolling into the ACC tournament, rolling up into the NCAA tournament, which is the second greatest sporting spectacle on the face of this planet outside of just the entire college football season. So Absolutely. So we are Chowder and Grits. Again, visit us on chowderandgrits.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Chowder and Grits. Uh, you can find us there. And uh, hey, do us a favor. Listen subscribe and share this podcast uh we're trying to uh to grow it at least in the acc region and some of the key acc markets so you can find us on apple podcasts uh google play music spotify stitcher and tune in radio or of course you can just go listen to it on chowderingrits.com uh tim this was fun enjoy tomorrow night uh i'm sure we will be talking about the game it is uh it's gonna be a fun one and uh go ACC. Yeah, go ACC. I look forward to watching it and we will be back with our 
takes, our hot takes from the national championship game uh, later on this week. And we look forward to getting back with you guys.